Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following is a presentation of the SpeedSport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroot was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers Download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the SpeedSport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. Here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to another edition of the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Taylor Burris here along with Justin Prince, as we are here to give you the news of the week in the world of iRacing. And Justin, I have to say first and foremost, some big things have happened since the last time we had an episode of the iRacers Download. Starting off with the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series Finale at Homestead Miami Speedway, where Stuart Haas Racing's driver, Stephen Wilson, took home the famed Dale Earnhardt Jr. Cup to win the 2023 championship. An outright dominating race when it came to his pace compared to the rest of the championship four, to say the very least. His own competitors mentioned after that respective race just how strong that car was. Ran second just about the entire night to only Donovan Strauss of Williams Esports. And really, that was basically all I needed to do. Just stay up front, keep it clean, and it was basically near impossible for even the other championship contenders to get even close. And, and how about this for Steven Wilson, of course, competed in last year's championship and was one of the most dominant drivers last year in 2022. Went to the Final Four, was not really even a factor for the championship. This season, kind of a little bit of a different opposite. He got in basically via points, and made it into the Final Four without, if I remember correctly, without a win even this season. So you're looking at the roles reverse where he comes in and wins the championship without taking home the checkered flag. And it's kind of intriguing to say the very least with the format that obviously is no more so to, you know, wanting the winner to be the champion. But for the most part, though, an absolutely dominating run in terms of that race at Homestead, I think got it done. Inconsistency wins championships. He was the one of the drivers who was the most consistent. And that's going to be intriguing in terms of how today, or rather how that championship in turn plays in terms of the overall legacy and the history of the series. He's the 11th different champion, mind you, in the history of the Coke series. And I do need to make a correction. He did pick up one win earlier this year. So he does take home the checkered flag this season. Joining, of course, several different other drivers. Looking over it, 11 different drivers took home a checkered flag during the 2023 campaign. And it's less actually than some of the more recent years, but it was still a pretty competitive season to try and make your way to victory lane in the first place. 
it wasn't easy once again because especially this season it seemed like the intensity levels or rather the insanity levels is a better way to put it turned up to about 25 at times this season but again if you most of the drivers that ran up at the front or run races are those who are some of those with the more experience or some of the more well-regarded rookies or even some of the more regarded second-year drivers in their series campaigns yeah. It certainly is. So it's exciting to see. And of course, while we have a moment, Justin, let's kind of go over some of the drivers who impressed us the most this year. Some who maybe were a little bit of a shocker as far as we were expecting a lot of performance, but didn't show any. And then the drivers who are going to have a lot of work to do going back to contender. Let's, let's start off with, of course, the ones that surprised us the year. And for me personally, the driver who surprised me the most was rookie sensation Tucker Minner with Team Dylan Eastbourne. I actually disagree on that because I think he performed to expectation because he was well regarded in 2020. At the time, the thought is, okay, who's Tucker Minter? Well, turns out he is one of the best drivers and builders to come up to the ranks of the past five years because he was part of that grouping technical alliance-wise through Nexus, then basically worked his way up to finally break through in the past year after being so close for a couple seasons. I think it was a, it was the matter of if he would be able to perform at the Coke level. He's kind of raised that bar even higher than, than some may have expected, but it's not a full-on surprise from him. Now, you want my honest surprise on the season in terms of, terms of who performed really well? Mostly everybody I perform, expect to do well performed well. But others like Parker White impressed me a fair bit because I know he came more so from a fixed racing background on the service and kind of rose up very fast. But it was still a respectable year from him. A top 12 points finish is nothing to, snip, to be sad about. No, I had to agree with you on that one too. Parker White came so close to winning the inaugural race at the Chicago Street Course, the inaugural points race, mind you, for the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. So a lot of things we could have really possibly seen. And of course, overall for that, for Parker White, a good debut for the Tony Kanani Esports team in eNASCAR competition. And I'm pretty sure that team's got a lot of things to look forward to going into 2023. A driver who I was expecting to be up towards the front of the field, but really didn't show a whole lot of speed for me this season, Justin I'd have to go with the former series champion, Keegan Leahy, with 2311. I know he has his new role with 2311 in the real world, helping with their team. But honestly, someone who barely is going to return next year in 2024, if he chooses to, only this one pole and two top fives. An average finish of 20th place. It's not up to the normal Keegan Leahy status quo to say the very least. But it's understandable when you remember one of the main focal points of him as a driver is preparation, getting testing time down. That's kind of hard to do when you're basically one of the main test drivers for the Rear World Cup Series program. And that's kind of hard to balance when you also need to in turn build your, your Coke Series setup of things. I think it's good on him, obviously, to be in the top 20. But it's not fully a support prize per se it is a very disappointing season on Leahy's standards I will say you know who really surprised me on how bad they did this year though go for Ryan it Ryan Luza 
He had, didn't even finish the top 10 the whole season. You know that, right? And finished 38th for a driver that only seven years ago was arguably one of the best in the series. Absolutely have to agree with you on that one. Finished 38th in the points, an average finish of 24th, I believe. Let me double check that on the stack. It's even yeah, worse. 30th, a 30th. That's his starting position was 24th. He did get a pull, but what happened to Luza this season? I have no clue. It's definitely something X Ed and him are going to have to be looking into going into the offseason if they make it through the contender series later on this year. You can kind of also throw Vicente Salas in the mix because first couple seasons for Vicente, he was a top 20 driver, but this season, obviously a lot of shuffling in the background for technical alliance partnerships, yes. Was expecting a bit more from Salas as well because he actually had a better average finish compared to Larusa, but scored less points. He had a lot of terrible luck for much of the season. But he did also make a technical alliance switch to one of the better partnerships that's also produced some of the championship drivers as of late, Taylor. We may see that uh, driving 39 points, place and points in Salas really turn things around next year, I will hint. Yeah, I have to absolutely agree with you on that. So we'll see what he can do. But overall, the driver who definitely is going to have a lot of work to do going into the Contender Series later on this year that we're going to have to watch, I have to say, is, like you pointed out, Chente Salas, that one driver we have to keep an eye on. Same thing I have to say with Joey Brown. We saw him in the Contender Series last year putting on some incredible speed. But this year in the Coke series, an average finish of 31st, four point, or if, if anything, he only led four laps this entire year. I mean, which is more than some, but still an average finish of 31st, kind of unacceptable for one of the top contenders in the eNASCAR contender series in 2022. And with a lot of talking points about the potential of some retirements coming into play, it could get really interesting how many drivers get the invite for the Coke Series once they shuffle there. One of the drivers who are coming in that I think a lot of eyes are going to be on is can drivers like Ray Alfala complete the full comeback? That is going to be one to watch, we'll have to say. We're going to go a little bit more into that here in a moment about the drivers coming in through the Contender Series. But, of course, we do have to talk about one driver who we know for sure is retiring at the end of this season, and that was the driver of Michael Conti for Junior Motorsports. So, once again, another driver who has made a lot of big headway, a former series champion. In fact, almost, we thought at the beginning of the year, was going to be one of those contenders for the championship in 2023, but kind of tapered off once the playoffs kicked off, I have to say. Yeah, I with the wildness of the format and the wildness of the races. As a driver, we've seen Conti really thrive, it seems, when the strategy plays out. Same being said for drivers like O'Fallon and several others. As the race goes on, the drivers like Conti and so forth usually perform well on long runs. This season, it was a lot of, you better be able to survive the 20 wide down into turn three with three laps to go, or else I will move you out of the way type of, it kind of felt that way almost. But Michael Conti absolutely still did a solid job on the season. He still made the playoff, at least. He still picked up several victories in his in his final season, basically, in the Coke Series. It's the matter of which retirement approach does he take? 
Does he take the calm approach of taking away, step aside for the sim racing side, work on the team management side? Does he take the Blake Reynolds method where he retires and then immediately starts up his own league or uh, and becomes the main driver for Nitro Circus and dirt stuff? Or does he take the Logan Clampett route where he retires from Coke Series action, then wins every single scholarship possible in the College Series? <laughs> it could be anyone. Yeah, it could be, and we'll see what happens in the future. We'll have to sit down with Michael later on this year before the season wraps or the year wraps up to discuss what his plans are for the future. But other championship crown, uh, Team Dillon Esports wins the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series Team Championship over Stuart Haas Racing, William Byron Esports, and Jim Beaver Esports and Junior Motorsports, rounding out the top five in the championship. Of course, the eNASCAR Contender Series is getting ready to kick off in a few weeks' time at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, utilizing the NASCAR Xfinity cars. And those 20 drivers who are outside the top 20 in eNASCAR competition are going to be joining the following drivers who work their way up through the Road to Pro Qualifying Series. Daniel Budafuco, Taylor Hurst, Brian Mercurio, Septa Merchant, Andrew Navarro, Michael P. Frisch, Briar LaFrad, Anthony Burroughs, Blaze Crawford, Hayden Rush, Max Brady, Matthew Zwack, Chris Pfeffer, Daniel Smallwood, Jonathan Delaney, Logan Helton, former and multi-series champion Ray Alfala, James Holzer, Kwame Scott, and Eddie Kerner are the so quote-unquote confirmed drivers. And then, of course, a couple of other drivers also have been confirmed as well. Agnel Phillips and Christopher Hill joining the 22 drivers. So by the sound of it, Justin... Two drivers retiring from the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series or not returning in 2023 period. Of course, one of those being Michael Conti, but unknown of who the other driver is yet to determine if they're stepping away. Since we have 22 drivers heading into the pro series or contender series, I should say. And keep in mind, a lot of the names you just read off are some of the drivers who in the past year, in the past couple of years, have been drivers in contender series action, have been working with those teams and behind the scenes and technical alliances for the past few years. In fact, some of their spotters when you argue that case. But even more so for a couple cases, like Danny Budafuco, he's been amongst those racing against some of the drivers in the Coke series in the college series. And before Logan Clampett decided to dominate the spring semester earlier this year, it was Budafuco who dominated the fall semester. So a lot of drivers with eNASCAR experience built up in very big dividends, to say the very least, have made their way on through, as well as some of your top drivers in the league scene. I know there's a lot of people interested in what Michael Frisch can do because, well, it's Michael Frisch. He finds a way to win every big race, it seems. He certainly does, and we're excited to see how this will play out next week, so October the 10th for the first round of the eNASCAR Contender Series at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And we'll see who out of those 20 drivers, or out of those 42 drivers, 20 of them will have the chance to return to the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series in 2024. Let's talk about some other exciting news happening in the world of iRacing. Another championship still underway. It is, of course, the Grand Prix Turn Racing iRacing Series. They were just recently at the Texas Motor Speedway not too long ago in a photo finish on the half mile or mile and a half oval where Florian Leberge took home the checkered flag, leading 28 laps and winning over David Toth and Jarl Tienen by <laughs> very, very close margins as the drivers battled it out for 100 laps around the mile and a half oval. 
it was a question mark of how would it play out for the top drivers because it was already proven with the car that the car was drivable. And car racing with the Dollar IRL1 is very fun on ovals when done right. And to say at the very least, I think the race, you can argue, was done right when you have a photo finish like that, when you have a close battle for the win like that, when you have intense racing, where I know a few drivers may have been hesitant maybe coming into that one because they weren't as experienced compared to some of the others through the ranks on the oval side that have been running this with this car basically for two to three years now on the ovals. But it was the question mark of who would adapt. And to say the very least, Texas Motor Speedway did Texas things with the finish in this type of car. It certainly did. And of course, in a lot of things, this car is by far an exciting car to use. And I'm glad iRacing decided to include both ovals and road courses for this car because I'm going to be honest, Justin, this is as close as we will get to basically a late 90s, early 2000s cart on the iRacing service for some time until certain things happen, which we'll dive into later on in the show. As, of course, the next round of the Turn Racing GP Series was at Silverstone Circuit on Thursday, October the 5th, where Primislav Merrick Lemonek took home the checkered flag at the hallowed grounds of the Silverstone Circuit. Marco Nunez, Marcos Nunez and Jarl Tenen rounded out your top three. The standings currently after those two races shows Premislav Marek Lemonek taking home the points lead by just a mere three points over Marcos Nunez, David Toth, Jarl Tenen, and Florian Leberge rounding out your top five as they head to one of the newer updated circuits on the iRacing service. Uh, the circuit Zandvoort in the Netherlands on October the 12th, which is next week. So exciting to see how that will play out. That's going to be the wild card because there's not been a lot of time of the updated version of it with this car specifically to get used to the track, maybe a month or so at best. So it could produce some intriguing racing. There is the old track, obviously, that you could have built upon. But with the, how especially that final corner is with the banking one of the few bank courses not in North America, mind you. That's a track with the safer barrier in that one corner. I'm curious how drivers adapt to the circuit, be able to get high speeds down and work through a lot of those bank corners that they've added in recent years. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how that will play out at Zanvoort. And another contender series is going on right now, the 2023 Porsche Esports Super Cup Contender Series. They've already completed their first two rounds at the Hockenheim Ring and at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It was Quentin Vellete who took home the checkered flag at the Hockenheim Ring, while at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, Parker White took home the checkered flag. So if I remember correctly, that, is that the same Parker White competing in the eNASCAR Series? I wouldn't be surprised because he has gotten himself involved in world road course racing. Now here's the interesting part. If he does make it, who's he running with on the roadside? Because you'd have to argue Tony Kadan backing, probably. But I'm not quite sure how his road alliances play out when it comes to Parker White. I know he can run on road courses, though, because he got to about 8K on I rating and then was like, okay, I'm going to get 8K on road course. <laughs> he certainly does. And, of course, we'll see what he can do at the next round on October the 7th as they head to Austria where the hills are alive with the sounds of race cars around the Red Bull ring. 
with that, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we have more exciting news from the world of iRacing. You're listening to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio powered by MyRace Pass. Just Prince Taylor Burrs with you as we discuss the latest news in iRacing and the biggest elephant of them all came out. On October the 5th, the news confirmed iRacing to develop a NASCAR console game in 2025 after acquiring the license as part of a transfer from 704 Games and through Motorsport Games for $5 million. It's finally happened, Taylor. The license has changed hands. It certainly has changed hands, and hopefully the first of many to change hands here in the coming years and or coming months, I would have to say regarding this situation going on as iRacing has finally done something that we've been talking about, Justin, I think probably I'd have to say ever since World of Outlaws game came out and how successful that was. And to say the very least, the fan base on social media saying finally, in terms of the reaction to iRacing acquiring the license, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to all this because first things first, this means they own the license for exclusivity for simulation-style console racing. In turn, iRacing can make simulation games on the game consoles and has also in turn announced a plan to release their first console title for NASCAR in 2025. Now, keep in mind, the games from the previous subsidiary through Motorsport Games and through 704, including the NASCAR Heat franchise, NASCAR Rivals, and... The very, very wild NASCAR 21 Ignition, all to stay live on the platforms until 2024. And then, that's when the iRacing license in turn plans to kick on in with the console version of the NASCAR license. But the main question I think a lot of people in turn are going to have is, what type of game does iRacing produce and how is it going to play out? Because we know how... The World of Outlaws games are played out through the old Monster Game Studios. Who does the iRacing console version for NASCAR? Because they did say, technically, it'd also be on Steam once it releases. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this will play out. And of course, if you notice, iRacing has acquired the exclusive simulation style game rights, not just for consoles and PC, but also mobile gaming as well. So, who knows what to say? I mean, if you remember a couple of years ago, iRacing had an April Fool's joke about going mobile with their racing games, and uh, who knows what to say of that matter. But I have a feeling that this game, similar maybe to World of Outlaws, but I have a feeling it's going to be even more in-depth. You know, iRacing talked about a single-player career mode on the iRacing platform. Who's not to say this will be the test run that we could see that will be utilized for both the iRacing platform and for this new NASCAR game coming in 2025. Honestly, I think it's flipped 
I think the career mode was the test run for the NASCAR license when it eventually came back, or one of those major properties. Guess what? Finally happened. After all, there were so many rumors about September the 30th. That's it turns out, the day a lot of these licenses get, went onto the market, and the day Monster Motorsport Games basically deleted all reference to the licenses on their own websites. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised this is the first move we see. And the first of hopefully many. I mean, I'm pretty sure other racing series will be looking, especially the series that have licensed cars and tracks already with iRacing, that are going to be looking to see how this game will go, how popular it is, and how well-received it can be. I mean, we saw how World of Outlaws was the first one to hop on board to create a console game for the places. Now NASCAR, of course, is jumping on board, and I'm pretty sure other series, such as probably games like IndyCar, the World Endurance Championship, British Touring Cars, ain't no telling what other series will hop on board that could be able to open the door for both iRacing and for its console base. Now, keep in mind, NASCAR actually, in the past few hours, in terms of all this announcement side too, have indicated that they want to reach out, want to work with the community. They actually are reaching through social media, through their NASCAR Discord channel, actually, to try and encourage more people to be able to interact, saying, what do you want to see in this? What type of game? What type of work do you want to put in? What do you want to be able to do? Because NASCAR already set the bar as everything will be in it. Now, keep in mind, here's the thing. NASCAR still needs to be able to work its way in for some of the various content on the platform. We're talking about in iRacing, they're still missing tracks like Portland. There's going to be, in. you're talking about a license exclusively to be NASCAR's main video content company. You better be able to quickly turn around the racetracks. I think we're going to see a lot more for the NASCAR side if they're planning the expansions as they are already seeming to plan. Well, not only that, Justin, but not just the tracks that the top three series are running, but also we could see a similar career-style game like we saw back in the EA days, where it's modified ARCA, even late models joining up before you get to the trucks, Xfinity, and Cup cars. So you're looking at a whole plethora of different tracks and cars that could be added into this game that could be a benefit for the community itself and the iRacing community. And just looking at some of the various feedback coming in for fans, they have been dealing with about hours and hours worth of content suggestions. So this is going to be a busy time. It's a matter of how much iRacing could do, because here's if you set a date of 2025, you set basically a deadline of two years to make this work. Is that going to be enough is my big question. Well, only time will tell because I'm pretty sure, I mean, if you look at this, NASCAR has a total, and this is, I'm not counting the IMSA branch of it, as far as the name of NASCAR has at the very most three, four, five, six, seven, eight different major series. And of course, a lot of things that we'll have to discuss later on. Absolutely. It certainly is. And, of course, a couple of other things happening later on. Of course, a recent update added the Super Formula Honda engine on iRacing. But, of course, the big thing we're going to be talking more about later on in future episodes is this new partnership with iRacing and NASCAR. But for that, myself, Justin Prince, 
And, of course, our producer, Richard Colbert, not here with us this week, but he will be back with us next week. We want to say thank you for listening to this week's edition of the iRacers Download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePath.